With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To make the fans proud, this is our DNA. You can only think one way, make them enjoy. Our philosophy is not only about me, it's about the staff, the coaching staff, you, me, everybody around here. The same idea. Let's, let's give the best of each one of us. Simple as that. Us, the players, the best of each one of us. Every moment, so we'll be stronger. If we genuinely give the best of you, the environment will be good. To achieve this spirit of unit, that we have to be really strong together. First, let's prepare ourselves. To compete is, is not the only on Sunday, Saturday, it's every day. Every day we have to compete. Every day, every training session. Every action of our game, we have to win it. So if we win each and every action, eventually we win the game. So let's go action by action. The moment that the precision starts, uh, Monday we have test, Tuesday and Wednesday we are on the training ground. Mainly of our squad will be here. We have important players in, in the national teams that we will receive uh, gradually. We have a squad with quality, talented players. Tottenham Football Club has a good academy, so we can bring them up. If they have the talent that I know they have, I've been told that we are young and talented players in our academy, but we go step by step. We have to provide them the, the right environment for them to, to develop. If they are needed, we will count on them and we will support them all the way. So no matter which age the player is, young, old, experienced, no experience at all, it doesn't matter. Uh, the player is a, in our mind is we put them in the middle of us and we see what we can do to make them better. How can we improve them? How can we find the better solution for them to make their job easier? How can we make them perform better? If we achieve that, our team will improve, our club will improve. What this pandemic, I think, has, has teach everybody, everywhere, everywhere in the world is that we have to enjoy. Let's work with a smile on our faces, with the same purpose, uh, with intensity. Spurs fans, I'm so happy to be here. And my promise to you, 
we're gonna make you proud. We're gonna make them proud. We're gonna work so hard. So there you go. 72 days later, Tottenham Hotspur appointing Nuno Espirito Santo as their new head coach until 2023. And my God, it took a while to get this one over the line. I'm delighted to be joined by Jason McGovern and Anthony Costa of this edition of The Last Word on Spurs, an emergency podcast. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, or on Audio Boom, or across all major audio platforms. You can find us across social media as well. We're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And here we are finally reacting to Tottenham Hotspur appointing a manager. As I mentioned, 72 days after parting company with Jose Mourinho, Spurs opt for yet another Portuguese coach in Nuno Espirito Santo. And I'm going to come round to Jason McGovern for your instant reaction. Jace, Spurs finally have got a new manager. Give us your thoughts. The first reaction was, thank God the, we've got one. Because I think it's gone on so long, ridiculously long, that that uh, you know with pre-season due to start next week, it was absolutely essential that we got on with the job. Um, I think it also, we realised, I think, you know, it was never going to be our first choice. Um, whoever it was, whether it be Nuno, whether it be Graham Potter, whether it be Scott Parker, whether it be Bill and Ben, it really didn't matter. We were never going to get the the one that we really wanted. So that said, Nuno, I think, has done a has done a really good job at Wolves. I think he's a he's a good manager in that respect. I think he's um, when I've seen him interviewed, he comes across really well. I think he's quite a likable likable person. He seems a an honest bloke. I don't hear him moaning and groaning about referees and trying to play mind games and full of ego like like the one we've just got rid of. But yes, I'm concerned about the the football that Wolves have played, which which has never exactly been thrilling, uh, even when they were when they were going well. But um you know at least he's got Premier League experience. Um and it is what it is, Rick. And in fairness if you'd have said to me, if it wasn't Nuno, who would you have wanted? Well, the ones that I wanted, we weren't going to get. So, you know, like I say, it's, it's as good as any of the other ones in that respect. So let's let's just get behind a bloke and, and he's got a massive job on his hands. I think the, the fact that he's only got a two-year contract makes me feel like the club have got doubts. And the fact that the club were allowing him to speak to Palace and Everton shows you how far down the list that he was. But, He's taken the job now. We just have to get on with it. And and obviously, good luck to that bloke because, you know, he's got a big job on his hands. Yep, I agree. And he needs our support. I think that's very, very clear by, you know, what's happened over the course of this summer. And, you know, we speak daily, hourly even, at some occasions about Spurs and this managerial chaos that we found ourselves in. I mean, like I say, Nuno arrives on the back of a four-year spell at Wolves where he got to the club for the championship into the Premier League, securing seventh place finishes in the first two seasons back in the top flight. Their highest league position since 1980. He restored the new outfit to European competition, leading them to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. And listen, we're not going to dress it up. It wasn't a great final season at Wolves. I think, you know, that's something that's very well documented. Um, and also, we've got to mention, they lost Yotta. Uh, Darcy yeah. obviously moved to Tottenham. Jimenez course, as well. Jimenez, massive injury. That obviously... For some, that's a damage limitation. But Wolves fans will tell you that towards the end, they weren't too against the idea of him departing. So for him to come to Tottenham, a club that not too long ago was in a Champions League final, for you, what kind of direction do you think Spurs are heading in with this particular kind of appointment? I think, uh, coming to what Jay was saying, I think it's more 
thank goodness we've got a manager now or a head coach to steady the ship. I think he's I think he's a sort of steady the ship type of manager. Um, I'd like to think we've got better players than, than he did ever at Wolves, uh, obviously with Son and Kane for sure. Um, but Wolves, you know, as you said, they used to come to White Lane and do do some good stuff against us. Do you know what I mean? Doherty was unplayable under Wolves uh, until he came to us. So Doherty might be sitting there tonight rubbing his hands going, I've got a manager that knows me and believes in me. So let's see how I do this season. Um, he, he does come across as a good man manager, which I think some of our players need. And listen, we've just got to back him now. Um, it's done. He's, he's part of Spurs. And let's see what he has to do, you know, in pre-season. I hope we get rid of some of the players that need to be moved on and bring his bring in his own stamp uh, with Paratici. And then, yeah, let's see how, we'll see what happens. Let's take a flavour. Some of the questions we've had in, some statements from our listeners. I'll have a 70 questions. Thank you so much. We try and get for as many as we can and we try and mix them up. We'll read a few out here. Alex THFC, Alex THFC3 says, if this appointment would have happened last summer, most of us would have been quite excited by it. Don't let one bad season in brackets without key players take away from what a great job he did at Wolves overall. Much happier with his appointment than most of the other names linked to us throughout the summer. Johnny Stevens at JP Stevens 007 says he seems a genuine guy, so have to get behind him. He needs the club to sort out the squad behind the scenes or he'll face similar issues to Poch and Jose. Prepared to give him a chance. What an opportunity for him. Scott McKenzie says 100% behind Nuno and think he needs to get his team playing good football. He was unlucky last season with big injuries, but my question is, is he the man to inspire Harry Kane to produce for us again? And if he's indeed, make sure he stays Palm hands folded there from Scott. We will come on to Harry Kane and what this appointment does mean for him. But Jace, just want to bring it back round to you because, you know, he has been a manager, Nuno, in terms of knowingly developing players such as Connor Cody, Diego Yotta, Ruben Neves, Willie Bowley and our own Matt Doherty from the second tier into established Premier League and European talent. And also he's developed the fervour of players such as Raul Jimenez, Pedro Neto, Adama Traore. So from a development perspective, he does tick that box I mean for Spurs a lot of it is about the youth coming through but how confident are you that he'll come in and actually improve the squad that we've already got here because um, I think we're all kind of of the knowledge that Spurs aren't going to go out and spend a tremendous amount of money this summer therefore are you confident he can get actually more out of the squad than what Mason and Mourinho have done over the past 12 months? I'm not so sure he can improve it that much more uh, I think a number of these players have, have kind of peaked you know, they peaked under Pochettino and they were they were on the downward slope when he'd gone. I mean, he's not going to get more out of Moussa Sissoko. He's not going to get more out of... Uh, you feel like he's not going to get more out of Eric Dyer. He might get them back, might get an Eric Dyer or a, a Harry Winks or something back to the level that they were under Poch. But, I mean, he's not going to suddenly turn them into top-class players. I'd like to see him get a lot more out of Delhi. Um, that's certainly a player that I think he's still got a lot of room to grow for us. Um, whether whether Bale will be there doesn't look like he will be. Um, so we we need to, um, he's got to have to bring in some of his own players. Um, I'm not so sure he he got more out of Traore, who I still think is just a runaway train that can't cross, can't shoot, just wears body oil and runs quick. And you know it'd be great in the hundred meter sprint, but that's about all he's useful for. Although he scores against Tottenham usually and plays well against us, but that's you know that's, that's not exactly difficult, is it? But you know, 
I, I think he'll get more than we got from them last year if he puts us on the front foot. My worry with Wolves, I'm not too fussed about where Wolves finished in the table last year or their results because they did lose Raul Jimenez. Um, and, and I don't I think even if Wolves finished, I think you said they finished 14th. 14th for Wolves, if that's a bad season for Wolves, that just shows you how, how they've progressed as a club over a couple of years. Because as we said, Graham Potter would be delighted if he finished 14th with Brighton. And Graham Potter seemed to be, you know, flavour of the month for some people. So, you know, I'm not too fussed about Wolves' results. All I can ever remember seeing Wolves last year is constantly half-time was nil-nil, not a lot happening. And the second half were, can we nick a goal? And, you know, they still had, whilst they lost Raul Jimenez and that, you still had a, you know, there's lots of Tottenham fans who want Ruben Neves. There's lots of Tottenham fans in the past wanted Moutinho. So he had good players in midfield. And he did have Traore to get him up the pitch and things. And yet, they still didn't really go out and play that expensive football. So, you know, that's that's my only worry. It's always my worry with any Tottenham manager that I want to see front foot football. Um, but like I say, I, I think he'd done a really good job at Wolves. And uh, I think he's a good manager. And, you know, it's not a bad appointment. You know, I'm not sitting in here absolutely gutted it's him, for sure, as I would have been with one or two of the other choices. But, you know, there would have been more inspiring ones out there. But, you know, let's let's just get on with it now and, and see how we go. Let's cover this aspect of the brand of football and come around to you because it was discussed this week or even today, even that, you know, during talks, it was made clear by both Paratici and Espirito Santo that the football would tick the attacking and entertaining boxes that Daniel Levy for a while had been calling for, along with being strong at the back. I mean, you take back, you know, that statement that Daniel Levy made in terms of, you know, we're going to appoint someone that's got the DNA of the club. Difficult to understand if that does apply to someone like Nuno Espirito Santo, where based on what Jason says there, Wolves haven't always been the most attractive to watch. No. How important is that for you, Anne? Because I know for you, the most important thing is winning. And with Mourinho, you know, you gave him ample opportunities. And like we all yeah. did, you know, see those trophies come in sacked six days before a cup final with the Spirito Santo. Is it a case where he is going to have to be flexible in terms of how he's played before and now? And we are going to see a more of a brand of attacking football than what maybe he's been used to coaching. Yeah, we have to, because we've got the players to do that. It's been proven over the years. Um, but for me, it's, it's, it's our defence. It's, it's sort, he's got to sort out our defence, regardless of who he brings in, whether it's, even if he keeps someone like Dyer, for example, he's got to get him up to the standard that from how he did how he did all them years ago. But I want to see a completely different defense personally. Um, I think Toby should should still be there uh, as 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 the old head, so to speak, um, and just sort it out, mate. Just sort it out, and anything else would just follow. You know, as I said, we've got the attacking attacking players that we've always seen but it's it's leaking them stupid goals you know the last five ten minutes and it's bringing that bring that mentality back do you know what I mean to and hopefully this you know Nuno is a good man manager it looks like and uh, let's hope he can put his arm around a couple of the boys and just say that they're good enough do you know what I mean what, what will be interesting what will be interesting is if he if he brings the the old wolves back three three at the back or does he play as he's done in the past with a with a flat four? I think, you know, Toby for me, I've, I've always had my doubts about some of Toby's game. But I think, you know, you've seen in this uh, European Championship, 
Toby can still be a top-class defender, but you feel like he's got to play as part of a three now. He can't play. It's just yeah. just a two-man. And maybe Davinson Sanchez would be the same, that, you know, if there's in a back three, might suit them a little bit more, particularly if you have, uh, I think he's, he's done really well at Wolves because Cody is a real vocal organiser. He's like a young character, isn't he, Jay? Yeah. Yeah, and the one thing that I've I've said about Toby is he's not exactly vocal and gives real leadership to that back line. Toby, for me, always looked better alongside Yan with Yan, you know, giving out the instructions. And Davinson Sanchez needs organising. Um, and perhaps as part of a back threes, they, they'll play better. Matt Doherty will obviously prefer playing as a wing back rather than a right back. But but then it's then the key is and we see it with, with England at the moment, don't we? If it's a flat back four and two wing backs, and then you put in, be it, uh, be it a Winks and a Hoiberg or someone, you know, which, whichever the partnership is in there, we're suddenly sitting there thinking that's seven defensive players and only three really to go forward. And, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is, as you're talking about whether we accept the styles, you know, everyone is moaning and groaning about England and now we're not getting the best of Harry Kane but was actually anyone moaning yesterday when England beat Germany? Now, I was, because I want to see England play on the front foot. And I, and I was bored watching England yesterday. But I, I accept that not everyone has my view of football. But you know, So I wasn't jumping around the room doing cartwheels yesterday. I was just thinking, why is it taking us 75 minutes to try and really get on the front foot and do something to the Germans? Because they're a poor side. Why are we worried about the Germans? And, and that's how I, I, that's my philosophy of football. Go out and play and express yourself. England have got the ability to do it. Tottenham have got the players to do it. And so I think, you know, if you've got seven players, very much like an England side with Rice and Phillips, in which case it would be Winks and Hoiberg or someone, you've got to get, I think, four or five players getting forward, making runs. And if Nuno can do that, then I think he will be a good appointment because I think his organisation defensively is good. But I, I, I still want to see us on that front foot. As you mentioned about organisation defensively, you've seen Spurs link with a whole host of defenders throughout the summer, the likes of Takiro, Tomiyasu, uh, Jules Condi, Milan Skriniar, Joachim Anderson. I'll keep reading these names out. Max Aaron's on there as well. And on the base of what Alan said there earlier about Eric Dyer. And also Davinson Sanchez. I mean, I've got serious reservations about both of them over there, even under a different coach, going to improve yeah, as players. 100%. Do, do you think, Jace, for you, and I'll ask this question as well, can another manager come in and teach these guys anything new? Or do you just sometimes accept that maybe these players are beyond coaching? Because that was, again, the kind of line that Mourinho was kind of going to. Uh, Poch as well, obviously struggled as well to get the best out of them as players. And I just wonder, you know, is it a case where they're just simply not good enough for the football club and there is a need to move them on to bring fresh blood in that is going to see us have a more stronger defence ahead of next season? In an ideal world, we move them on. But, you know, if, if we can't move them on for, for the traditional reasons, and it won't be Nuno not moving them on, it'll be the club not moving them on. Because if Nuno says, I want Eric Dyer gone, and Paratici and, and Daniel Levy say, well, he's a £50 million player, then we ain't going to move him on, are we? So, you know, Nuno's going to be stuck with somebody then. So, you know, Davison Sanchez is a strange one, isn't it? Because that first year alongside, yeah, and he looked a really good, the basics looked there, and he all looked a good defender at Ajax, but he just hasn't kicked on. Whether whether you can get a system of more protection or something, but that's my problem. You, once you start protecting players with a system in front of them, you're getting more and more defensive as you're going along, and suddenly you've, 
you need seven people to defend because the four defenders can't defend on their own. So they end up with five, six and seven defending. Um, I don't know if those players can be improved. The, the problem is if we're, if it, you know, if we look at it, we're unlikely to go and be spending 60, 70 million pounds on players, in which case, if we're, if we're shopping in the 20 million pound defender bracket, are we actually going to get for 20 million better than Eric Dyer and better than Davidson Sanchez? Because they're 20 million pound players. So, you know, that, that remains to be seen. And that's going to be Nuno's tough thing. All I will say, in fairness, next season, and I, I said this a number of weeks ago, I think whoever took the job, because of the, the amount of rebuilding that we need, we are going to have to accept to supporters a transition season where we we might well go to, to Manchester United and win again. And the following week, we might lose at home to Brighton. Yeah. That, I'm afraid, is how <clears> the <throat> season will be. Yeah. But um, if we can see what we're trying to do, and, and yeah. in fairness, if we go back to Pochettino's I, first I season... I totally agree what you're going to say, yeah. I totally I agree. I think yeah. Pochettino's first season, we lost at home early on to West Brom. Yeah. I think we scraped to win at home to Southampton. Lost to Villa. Lost... Uh, did we lose at Villa? No, we won at Villa, which was the lost, turnaround. Lost, lost at home to Villa, didn't we? Lost at home to Villa under Sherwood. At the end of the season. At the end of the season, that's right, at the end of the season. But that early period for Potts mm. was difficult. And we yeah. we had a little period around January and Feb when we beat Chelsea 5-3 and we, we got yeah. to a cup final. But then after that cup final, again, the rest of the season was was very iffy. And, um, and we struggled to beat the likes of Hull when it took a last-minute Ericsson winner and things like that. So I think in fairness to Nuno, it's not the results that I'm so concerned about next year. It's can I see what we're trying to do? What what can he implement his style on that bunch of players? Because with players coming back late from the Euros and with a already pre-season, you know, not planned to his way of liking, we will be undercooked at the start of the season. There's no doubt about that we'll be undercooked. And it might be a very difficult few months at the start and we have to keep our heads. We can't think if we, we've only won one or two of the first six we can't be thinking he's got to go, he's got to go, he's got to go. You've got to let the bloke have time to do his job. So that's the way it will be. And it, it will be a frustrating season. There will be good wins and there will be some ridiculous losses. I'm sure of that. And do you see the same as that, Jason? Do yeah. you think it's going to be that kind of season up and down? Yeah, it's Tottenham, isn't it? It's what, it's what we're about. But as long as we can see what they're trying to do and not, not, in their head, not, not let their heads fall and, and start being negative, then I can see it being bad but you've got to give the bloke time do you know what I mean and I think you know I spoke I spoke to you know our very own Chris Cardin today you know obviously talk about trophies uh, Jason's favourite word and it was like he said oh do you think we could I said I don't think we can but if we get if we nick a couple of wins that get us to a final for example yeah then maybe but at this present time I just want us to to be in and amongst it and to be playing some good football It'll be interesting, Ant, when it's to see, I know for you, it's very key how they do treat the cup competitions, Nuno especially, because Spurs yeah. um, have always traditionally been a cup team, even though we've not had success <laughs> in the cups. It'll, how do you think it'll go with that, you know, in terms of the League Cup, you know, the I don't really take much notice. Seriously? I don't know, I, didn't, I can't remember much take much notice of Wolves in the FA Cups, to be no, honest with you, mate. So I can't remember whether they went out fourth round, fifth round or quarterfinals. I don't yeah. know. But for they me, got to I a wanna... semi-final under him, didn't they? I think it got to know, a semi-final. Jay. They got to the quarterfinals of the Europa League under him. I mean, to... I just wonder for you, Ed, how important Listen, is that will be for him to treat the, the competition well, seriously? 
he must look at our, well, our, our history from 30 years ago after the winning the FA Cup and go, oh, they're a cup side. But for me, I want to see us competing. Of course I do. I want to see us <laughs> trying to win some silverware this year because it's going to be a tough, tough season. And I think if we can nick a, nick a bit of silverware, then it'll be a great, it will turn on its head. It'll be a really good season. Do you know what I mean? On that, Rick, is it down to Nuno or is it down to the man upstairs? Because as much as we want one, if Nuno's told the ideal thing for you is back in the top four and there's a nice big bonus and a contract, an extra one year on the, t- on the back of getting the top four, or you win a cup, but actually, as in Mourinho's case, you've got to a cup final, but you're sacked, then, you know, that, that doesn't suggest that that club has any interest in domestic trophies whatsoever. And so Nuno will reflect that in fairness to him. So if we, we draw Swansea and we pick eight, eight backup players and get knocked out it won't be Nuno disrespecting it it will be the club disrespecting it and that's we've got to bear that in mind as well that's a great point listen we are going to hear from the man or one of the men upstairs next we're going to take a very quick break take you into the break we're going to hear from Fabio Paratici on why Tottenham Hotspur went and appointed Nuno Espirito Santo and why he did get his man we'll be back after this very very short break Fabio thank you for joining us today we've appointed Nuno as our new head coach Tell us about the thinking behind that. I think we, we appointed Nuno because we have to be logic in our choice. Our key points for this season will be to come back to discipline, to work physically hard, to develop our players. He does a fantastic job in, in Wolverhampton in the last four years. So he developed a lot of young players and also the adaptable. They adapt a lot of players for his system. So we have to remember that before of Wolverhampton, Nuno was in Porto and playing other system for 4-2. In Valencia plays 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1. So also this kind of open mind that he has about uh, the different players that he, he has is one of the, the things that we, we, we chose him. He's a strong coach, so he's a serious guy, serious guy, and the, the, the teams is like him. If you look Wolves, is a serious, guy, a serious teams, work hard, fight a lot. The people are ready, the, the, the players are ready to suffer, to sacrifice for the, for the team. I think this kind of characteristic skills that uh, are the skills of Nuno. We have to be focused in arrange a good pre-season and after to work in, in the same way because we need the help of everybody inside the club, the fans, for to be unit, for to be positive, for to build a big season the next season. Well, there you go. You've just heard from Tottenham Hotspur's managing director, Fabio Paratici, who was integral to the appointment of Nuno Espirito Santo. And, you know, he was to say that, you know, we appointed Nuno because he was a logical choice. Our key points for the season are to come back discipline, working physically hard and to develop our players. The brief of the appointment has always been clear. We wanted a head coach that can instill all the values that are important to the football club. You only have to look at Nuno's time at Wolves to see his ability to take a group of players and implement an adaptive style that brings success and allows players to develop and thrive. We're all looking forward to getting started, in which we hope will be a successful time with the club. Now, Jace, um, this doesn't really need 
any kind of going over, but we'll go over it anyway, um, because Nuno was not on Tottenham's first shortlist that was drawn up by Steve Hitchin. As Ant has said and yourself has said, you know, he's gone for talks with Palace, he's gone for talks with Everton, we allowed that to happen and materialise, which it didn't. And Spurs, suddenly, since Fabio Paratici's come in, we've seen that he tried to go for Fonseca, it didn't work. Gattuso was, you know, again, rejected by the fans outright. Now this is Paratici's appointment more than Daniel Levy's. How big is this for Paratici, in a way, that this does work? Because we've seen sport directors not get a huge amount of time in the job under Daniel Levy. Therefore, a bit of a key decision is from Paratici to give the job to Nuno. Is it just that George Mendes link? Well, the, the whole thing about Paratici concerns me a little bit. Um, we'll see how many George Mendes players arrive at the club. Um, the problem for us with George Mendes players is is that if we're shopping for low costs, we'll end up with more Jetson Fernandeses rather than uh, other ones. And you know, Paratici will have that on his on his. Uh, you know, it'll go down against Paratici, won't it? And it'll go down against Nuno. The quality of players we bring in is so so important, and what he gets from the players there. You know, I, I look at that midfield. And we can all talk about Winks isn't good enough. Musa Sissoko is not good enough. We'd, we'd all sell them. The key is, what can he get from Tungi and Dombele and Giovanni Lo Celso? Because these are players that we think technically are good enough. But my God, have they got to give us a lot more than they do. And, you know, I hope he brings in a fitness person to get those two players fully fit to play 90 minutes. Because if he doesn't, then regardless of whether we sell Sissoko or Winks, those two players are mm. so important for Tottenham going forward. And if he plays with wing-backs and two central midfield players, and that we've always said is the dream pairing of, uh, of Ndombele and Lo Celso, we have to get so much more from them. So regardless of what he does to Kane, that area of the team is absolutely vital for us to control games and control possession and get us on that front foot. So, you know, it'll be interesting to me what he can bring to those two players or even if he wants to keep them. And when I come around, you've got a question here in regards to what I asked about George Mendes link. This is from Brock Soccerball, who says, we'll be interested to hear your thoughts on the influence of George Mendes at Spurs now. He's got a lot of talent under his umbrella and we could see a few of them join Spurs this summer. Is that something that excites you or worries you? Um, a bit of both, really, Rick. I think if we can take a few players from Wolves, uh, like Pedro Neto or Connor Cody, as we spoke about, because he's you know he's British and he's a very very good defender, um, I'd be quite happy with that. Um, but Mendes is that super agent, isn't he? Um, he's obviously <laughs> wants to put his stamp on a lot of football clubs. He's done that at Wolves, and uh, listen, does it excite me if he can bring players that can develop this squad, develop this team, make our team better, then I'm all for it. And, you know, see who he brings. In fairness, Joe Hart wasn't a George Mendes player. Um, was Doherty a George Mendes yeah, player? Yeah, Doherty is, yeah. He is. Doherty is, okay. I mean, when I when I look at the, the players we brought in under Jose, they weren't all George Mendes no. players. Uh, Stephen Bergvine wasn't a George Mendes player and things like that. And that cost us, like, Gareth Bale isn't a George Mendes player. Uh, I don't think Reguilón's a George Mendes player, is he? So it's and and Mourinho is of course a George Mendes client. So it's not like Tottenham will only buy from George Mendes. I certainly hope that's not the case. But 
you know, as we, it doesn't matter if they're George Mendes players, it's the quality of player we've got to look at. And if we get quality players, I don't care who the agent is. The one agent I know that Tottenham won't do business with is when, when anyone talks about it, the likes of delicts and people like that. We will never deal with um, Mina Rayola. So, you know, when, when people talk about, oh, why don't we go and pay the money for Haaland? Is a Mina Rayola player? That's never going to happen. Well, I do want to make a point is that we understand that Paratici eventually convinced Levy to give a green light to the move for Espirito Santo by showing him the way the Portuguese Valencia side played more often with a 4-4-2 and a 4-3-3 and then a back three he became known for at Wolves like we said earlier guys I think it'll be interesting to see how that relationship between Levy and Paratici does materialise when you listen to this show Paratici will be officially a Spurs employee as in the 1st of July he will have come through the doors of Hotspur Way. As we know, he's been working away already. We're expecting, hopefully, some transfers along the line shortly because it's fair. Nuno will need some players in, you would imagine, in order to kind of, like I say, give that squad a freshen up, give us a boost because, you know, we've got players that are still away on international duty. There's areas of the squads to fill. Daniel Levy on the appointment said for him that, first of all, I'd like to welcome Nuno to the football club. We should like to thank our supporters for all their patience throughout the process. I think he's talking directly to you, Ed, on that one. <laughs> 72 <laughs> days later. Uh, I've spoken already about the need to revert back to our core DNA of playing attacking, entertaining football. And Fabio and I believe Nuno is the man who can take our talented group of players, embrace our young players coming through and build something special. Um, James, for Daniel Levy, does this appointment lay anything on him now? Because, I mean, with, Far- with Fabio Paratici coming in, I think it's well documented that, you know, Paratici's won this battle to get his man through the door. For Daniel, there isn't really the... F- is he going to be a full guy here at all? This doesn't work out. Bearing in mind, it does seem to be a lot of Paratici pushing this appointment. Of course he is, because he's the one who appointed Paratici. And uh, I think we're, we're at that stage now where, where he'll carry the can for everything. You know, he's... Was he been there now 21 years or something? Um, and it's you know he's he's built the he's built the stadium, he's built the training grounds, and we all know it's time to sort the team. And whether whether he wants to hide behind Paratici or not, and people we've all wanted him to take a back seat, so he's taken a back seat. But the appointment of Paratici is still on him, and therefore the appointment of Nuno is on him. It's it's under his watch. And he's, he's the man in control of everything. So, yes, of course, he'll be the full guy. And if it goes wrong, he'll still get the blame from, from lots of people because he's gone, you know, the decisions that he's made over the past two or three years, he's going to have to be accountable for the, the fallout anyway, Rick. And one of the topics that always comes up with Spurs managers is, of course, trophies. That's something that obviously Jose Mourinho was laden for in terms of being that serial winner. For Nuno, he did guide Portugal, well, this Portugal side, Rio Avi, to two cup finals and a qualification for the Europa League for the first time in their history before taking over Valencia, where he steered the Spanish outfit to Champions League football with a fourth-place finish in the Liga. A former goalkeeper in his playing days, he subsequently spent one season in charge of one of his former clubs, Porto, where the team finished second and lost only two league games all season under his stewardship. Not many trophies there to his name. Is that a concern for you, Anne, that we haven't got that winner that's going to inspire the likes maybe of a Hunmin Son, a Giovanni Lacerda, a Tsungyun Dembele, a Harry Kane? Who knows, mate? I, I'm not getting excited until I start seeing the football we're going to be playing or the system we're going to be setting up as. Mm-hmm. So, listen. So the trophies are the it's just it's just a weird one. Ender with his subject, but the fact he hasn't. No, because got it's a transition. As mm-hmm. as we said, it's a transitional season. If if as Jay said, if he takes the 
cup seriously, brilliant. If he doesn't, it's not his fault because we've seen it happen under under Poch. So it's the people above, and I think he's got to put his own stamp on things now. We can't we can't put too much pressure on him because he's not approved. He's not won anything, so we just got to ride with it and go. Do you know what? Let's see what you got, and um, let's see what type of football you're going to be playing. Nuno, it's, it's just so hard to say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Nuno on the appointment, he said himself, when you have a squad with the quality and talent, we want to make the fans proud and enjoy. It's an enormous pleasure, honour to be here. There's a joy and I'm happy and looking forward to starting work. Jace, off air, I know you were saying a lot of this where, you know, he's, he's read the Pochettino script down to a C and almost. <laughs> the background, I mean, listen, you've heard it on this show, the background um, audio there from Spurs, it's very, very well played, isn't it? In terms of trying to make this appointment very, very, as you would imagine, sentimental, um, romantic to some degree. Did he play a good interview there, Jace, for you as a first one? I mean, I know you, I know you said for you it'd be different if it was a press conference where journos were asking him questions. What did you make of that first initial press conference or first initial interview there from Nuno? I think his answers were all scripted by the club regardless. So, um, you know, yeah, but... Do you believe that? Yeah, yeah. Do you believe that? Well, I mean, if he's being interviewed by Spurs TV, he's hardly going to come out with a with a bombshell and say, no, I intend to play Sam Allardyce football and, and stuff the youth, is he? I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, he didn't look, interestingly, he didn't look that committed on the youth. Um, he said, you know, that well, there's a time and a place and the environment has to be right for them to play. So it's not like he uh, he went full in and said, yeah, I'm going to work with the youth. So I think there's still be some work for them to to do there. But, but uh, and I think if he's going to be told to get, you know, ideally to get top four football, then we're not going to see a, a lot of trust in the youth. And And I can understand the manager thinking, if I'm here for two years and you want me to get top four football behind the scenes, I'm going to do it with players I trust, not with ones that I don't trust. So, you know, in fairness, I can understand that for him. But I thought the questions were were tailored. He came out with all the phrases, either Tottenham DNA or the, he didn't say the Tottenham DNA, but he used the phrase DNA. Um, we said this is this is our DNA to make our fans proud of us. There is no question about it. That will happen. We're going to make them proud and they're going to enjoy the team for sure. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's bound to say that. But uh, like I say... The, the, but you say he's about to say that. Jose didn't say that. Well, Jose said he'd give youth a try and that, didn't he? <laughs> he didn't I say think like he did. Well, but possibly, possibly. And I think I said that first day he was lying through his back teeth then. But, um, which he was. Which he was. Because, you know, he, he famously gave Tanganga and, and Troy Parrot and... Um, Alfie Whiteman debuts and Alfie Devine, but mm, we didn't yeah. exactly see too much pitch action in, in main games that mattered, did we? But he's no. gone. doesn't matter. And, and in fair, like I say, in fairness to Nuno, if you're given two-year contracts and behind the scenes you know the club wants top four football and your reputation's at stake, you're going to back that reputation on players you trust, not on, on youngsters making mistakes. I understand that. If you've got a five-year contract and was told to build a project and slowly take it through, that's different. The interesting part will be what we do with the with the Pig Farmers Division 2 Cup. So, uh, you know, how what are we going to take that? Are we taking it seriously or are we using that as development or what? That will be the interesting one. And yeah. we might find that out when there's a genuine press conference for him um, from other journalists. I'm sure Alistair Gold will come up with one or two gems for us himself. 
I do want to finish on some list of questions, but before I do, Anne, I just want to ask you your opinion as well, very quickly, on that initial, very brief interview there from Spurs TV on Noonan, what you made of how he come across. I mean, I personally thought he come across very he well. Come across very well. He, as I said, he come he, across very likable. I've got to say, Anne, you know, for I think he comes across as a very honourable chat. And I yeah, think oh, it's for very, sure. Very, yeah, very yeah, likable. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's very, it, very likable. It just makes me laugh. It's like, yeah, this is our DNA. I'm thinking, mate, you haven't taken one training session yet. Do you wait know what I mean? Wait till he works in that club. Um, but listen, he had to say what he had to say, and rightly so. Um, but yeah, I, it was it was a great script and uh, fair play to whoever wrote it. Um, but listen, he did come across very well and I have to just back him now. Do you know what I mean? It's happened. Agree. Listen, let's finish on some quick listener questions, guys. This is a really quick fire, so tell us what your thoughts are. Um, this is from the Twit at Harless the Twit. We'll stick with you out on this one. Is Nuno's appointment a placeholder until Poch is free again? Is he just here to coach the young players and start the rebuild before Poch comes back to lead the team in a year or two? If so, maybe that's a good thing. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, listen, I'm not... Only a two-year not, contract, obviously. I wouldn't be... Yeah, I wouldn't be a... a, a obliged I mean I wouldn't what you call it I wouldn't be I wouldn't be are we against it that's what I meant mm. to say um if it was to be but I think as we said you know if he's having a really successful couple of years there's no reason for him to be sacked do you know what I mean so if it doesn't happen this year then I'll be then I'll be worried a lot because I think us fans are we on would have taken it so far and then I think would have be like listen we'll be on his back do you know what I mean because we want to see progression so Two years is, is, a, is a weird deal. Um, obviously, we're all waiting in the wings if Potch is going to come back. If he does, fantastic. If he doesn't, we just got to keep going, mate, and um, see what Nuno does to this team. And hopefully, there's some there's some progression. Totally agree. Jace, got to ask this question to you. Have to ask this question to you. Stephen Hyde, 39, says, Jose changed his style for about eight games and then reverted. Will we see the same with Nuno? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I just want us on that front foot. Like I say, I think it would be a difficult season for us with lots of highs and lows result-wise. Let's not, you know, I, I think we were all frustrated at our season last year. Let's be honest, even the Mourinho fans were kind of been excited by the way we were playing at the end. So if we're not going to be successful and if we're going to have bad days, let's not make them boring bad days. At least let's go back. I mean, you know, losing 5-4 to Everton I can take rather than some of the absolute hanging on to one nil leads at home to Fulham. And OK, we got a point at home to Fulham and we lost at Everton. I'd sooner lose 5-4 than hang on to a relegated team one nil at home. That's for sure. And next question coming around to you. These are quick fires. I feel free to kind of, like I say, take these as you come. Uh, Mike Langan says, who from our current squad do you think will thrive under Nuno? He personally thinks Regulon, Doherty will have shackles yeah. let loose and be attacking wingbacks. I think, I think Doherty. Think I, th I think Doherty. I really do. I mean, I hope I'm I hope I'm completely right because yep. he did thrive under Nuno at Wolves. Um, I think he got eleven assists and seven goals. You know, for a right wing back, that's that's nothing to be sniffed at. Do you know what I mean? So as I said when we started talking, I think Doherty tonight is at home or wherever he is, um, rubbing his hands going, Yes, I've got the manager that gave me the chance and I know what he's about. So I'm sure he's speaking to the boys as well and saying, Look, boys this expect this and expect that so yeah I'm really I'm really excited to see what we can get out of Doherty now because as I said there was a player in there when he was at Wolves Jace question here from Jake Barron Jack Barron 18 says thoughts on how this will impact the core young players like Seth Skip Scarlet White Divine Sirkin do you think we'll see more of them now or will they go out alone or be utilised in the Conference League I think we'll see Seth come back but as you say if Reggion plays as a wing back 
uh, and bombing on, then you know that's that's the role that Sessignon would have, isn't it? So you know you might see some rotation between those two, and playing as a wing back might actually suit Sessignon as well more than playing as a as a left back. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with Tanganga. I think it's a big big year for him because since he came into the team, he hasn't really pushed on. He's had so many injury problems. We've all got big hopes for Jaffet, but. You know, if we play as a back three, is he going to be part of that back three? And I've I've always seen he was more as a centre back than a than a than a full back. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jeff with uh, Jaffet and Oliver Skip is the really big one, isn't it? What what do we get from Oliver Skip next year? And like I say, if that midfield combination is it going to be Hoiberg and Skip? Is it one of those two? And what happens to Ndombele La Celso? That midfield is a real key area next year. Final couple of questions, guys. Jamie Crypto, what constitutes success this season for Nuno? Is he enough to keep Kane? What type of additions would make Kane want to stay? Three kind of questions there, rolling into one. Let's deal with the first key two. And very quickly on these answers for you. Um, what does constitute success this season for Nuno, it's, in your opinion? It's the, usual, it's the usual top six for me. Um, I think anything else is a bonus. Um, I think, as I said, we've got the players to to try and get top four and to get top four with a few new addition new additions. But I think it's about the top six for me. Can you keep Kane? And oh, this is the question, isn't it? I'm dreading, mate. I don't know, man. My, my, my mind keeps changing every single day. So I, the answer to that question, I don't know. I really don't know. I hope. Oh, of course, I want him to stay. Yeah. I mean, Jace, I'll kind of throw it again to you there. We know Paratici is insistent Harry Kane is going absolutely nowhere. For you, I'll ask the same question. Can he keep Kane, Nuno? And two, what, in your opinion, does constitute a successful season for Nuno on the basis of what he's walking into 72 days after a manager has been let go in Mourinho and having to come into the club late on? I mean, I know it's start of July still, but still a lot of work to do between now and getting us up to speed for that Man City game, first game of the season. Uh, Nuno has no chance of keeping Kane whatsoever. It's not down to Nuno. He'll want Kane. Uh, if Kane stays, it's not because Nuno's there. It's because nobody came up with the money. It's, the only reason Kane stays is if Manchester City don't come up with the money. If they if they hit 130, 140, I'm, I'm sure he's gone. And I think we all know that he's he in his ideal mind, he would like to go. So, you know, the threat is, can somebody pay the money? And and that's not up to Nuno, is it? And Nuno's not even going to have a chance to say yes or no to it. Paratici will, or Daniel Levy will. So that's, that's gone for me. What constitutes success? Uh, last year's points plus plus 10 or 12. If he, really? if he gets okay. the, if he gets the yeah. same number of points as last year and improves it, but I, I can't even remember how many points we got. What I don't remember. I've kind of erased last season. To be honest, I don't... sixty-two or sixty-four, Jay, something like that. Sixty-two. Right? Well, if he gets Maybe seventy like points, if he gets, if he gets to seventy points, was three or four points off the Champions League? That's like, no, I, I, I mean, as poor as we was last season, it's quite unbelievable to think that we're only that few points off. I can't remember, but if he gets to mm. seventy points, then yeah. then as a points-wise, I mean, you know, if seventy points only gets you eighth, then the fact we've only finished eighth but with more points, you know, in another year, 70 points can get you third or something. So yeah. I honestly think if you get to 70 points, he's done a decent job in the in terms of his league form. Can he get to 70 points and give us give us 25 really good attacking performances? You know, you're never going to play 38 good attacking performances and there's going to be the day where you're crap and you, you get battered and you have to hang in there. But, you know, I don't want to see us at home to a bottom three team hanging on to a 1-0 lead. And if we win a game like that, 
then that's not a great success for me. So, you know, go and beat the teams we should be beating, particularly at White Hart Lane. Okay. Final question to you both as we look to wrap this up. Jace, how do you feel now? We have got a manager in place. Do you feel relieved, part of you? Do you feel apprehensive? Do you feel nervous? How do you feel, like I say now, as we have got, 72 days later, a man in that dugout? It's not relief or anything like that. It's just, you know, I'm pleased the job's done. Uh, I'm not nervous or it's just really interesting now to see what else we can do. Because, you know, as we all said, not only did we need a new manager, there was a hell of a lot of ins and outs that need to be done. So the first part of the summer's gone and now we've got to get a really crack on and do some serious business. And I, I just want to say, John, John Lillywhite, uh, on the our last pod, thanks for for killing me, mate, when you reminded me that Arsenal may well win a trophy in our stadium before us with that mind, with that mind gig. So Nuno's first job. I've got to say, I shouldn't swear on it, more of a mind rather than a mind charity, yeah. isn't it? Okay. Nuno's Jeez. first job is whatever you do, don't you dare let Arsenal lift a trophy in our stadium before us, Nuno. <laughs> <Totally agree. laughs> Otherwise, your fans will be on your back straight away, mate. Mm. Joanne, do I come and finish with you because... Um, what I would say is that, you know, even you look at the pre-season games, he's got to face Chelsea, he's got to face Arsenal. It's been a City game there. If he wins that, he's off to a wonderful start, isn't he? The fans are already right behind him. It's a big if, of course, but he's got a great opportunity already to kind of get fans on side from day one. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's going to be a tough task uh, for them pre-season games because he's going to want to beat Arsenal and Chelsea. It's not going to be like any old friendly where you just, you know, it's a warm-up game. It, it, it isn't a North... London Derby is, is in and amongst it all. Uh, so he's got to prove to us that he means business. And the first City game, I've, I've sat on it a lot. Um, I was very nervous at first because obviously what was going on with our manager situation. But I think it's a good time to play Man City. Just get it out of the way. Just get it done and, and just keep, keep, keep going. Oh, man, listen, guys, um, just to kind of give you a reminder at the moment, Nuno Espirito Santo is currently self-isolating at the lodge at Hotspur Way in preparation for joining in pre-season. We're told the players will undergo testing on Monday as they return to the club when the Portuguese will be ready to work with them when training begins in the week. So you can't believe we've actually got a manager in place for when they come back to pre-season. And who thought of any different? There you go. Like, it's never happened these 72 days. Oh, we've got a manager in place for pre-season. It's been nothing, is it, boys? No. It's not been nerve-wracking. We've got someone there. Unbelievable. After all that, <laughs> what a week. Let me say a massive thank you for this emergency podcast to the wonderful Andy Costa. And thank you so much. Thank you, boys. Always a pleasure. Oh, we've got someone in hand. It's going to be now me and you talk about transfers. Jason's favourite subject. <laughs> Cheers, mate. And Jason's yeah, pocket galaxy yeah, in, in an honour for me. Thank you so much. Jace, thank you so much. And... <laughs> At last, Jace, we can actually now focus on the season, manager in place, and let's just see what comes. Eh? That's all we can do. Let's see what comes. And let's, I want to just want to finish on this. Let's get behind this guy. I think this is really important. As fans now, you know, we haven't had the best of the last couple of seasons, but we've got a man here that is an honourable guy. He's, he's saying the right things from day one. Let's just get behind him now to see where it takes us. We all want to be happy as Spurs fans. You want to enjoy football again, don't we? Just let the football do the talking. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we want that feeling. We want that feeling that those fans had when Kane scored yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, when he ran to the crowd and you see those faces in the in the behind him, we want to feel that. You know, we'll be back in that stadium with some big games next year. We want to feel that that kind of emotion again. And if Nuno gives us that, then then you know, good luck to the lad. Yep. Listen, we're all behind him in the last one on Spurs. The very best for Nuno. And listen, let's get some transfers over the line now. We've gone from manager to transfers. Let's see what comes. I say a massive thank you there to Andy Costa. Thank Jason you, boys. McGovern, and I say we'll be back with you guys very, very soon. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. It's an honour for me to, to address you, 
Spurs fans, I'm so happy to be here. And my promise to you, we're going to make you proud. We're going to make you proud. Sports Social Podcast Network.